With the increase in diabetes and, and its correlation with this disease, more patients than ever are being put on the transplant list due to this disease in the late stages. A disease you may not know about is predicted to be the number one indicator of the need for liver transplant in the next few years. It's called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. My job as a hepatologist is try to prevent patients from needing a liver transplant. My name is Dr. Dina Halegua DeMarzio, and I'm a transplant hepatologist. This is the Health Nexus podcast, powered by Jefferson Health. I'm Gianna DiMedio. Dr. Halegua DiMarzio talks with us today about fatty liver disease, and one of her patients shares his story. We'll walk through understanding the risks and the best course of action to prevent or reverse the disease. Fatty liver disease is when the body begins to store fat in the liver, and it can do this for a number of reasons. If we have high sugar or high fat levels in the blood, like triglyceride, the liver, which is the big filter for our body, will take up that extra sugar and fat and store it within itself. So it makes the disease very complicated in that it can take decades before it causes damage and, and takes effect. It, it's important that everybody with this condition get it investigated, even if uh, they've been told that it's mild previously. And it, it should be monitored over time, you know, and that may be just every few years to get a checkup. So big things to worry about. In some cases, it can be very mild and not cause any severe symptoms or other complications. But in up to 25% of people, they can go on to develop cirrhosis of the liver. That's exactly what happened to Dr. Halegua DiMarzio's patient, Carl Burroughs. He was diagnosed with fatty liver disease in the 1980s. Back then I was getting pain in my right side a lot. My doctor then did perform a liver biopsy. Yeah, that biopsy did come back with the fatty liver. I looked at myself, I was 165 to 170 pounds. I didn't look fat, didn't have any fat. Did a whole lot of exercise from the job that I was in. Carl was able to keep the disease at bay for more than 20 years. Then, in 2018, he noticed a severe fatigue affecting his daily life. My main symptom at that time was just the tiredness, just trying to get through the day and, and fogginess. and just wasn't with it. I went to various doctors, blood work, you name it, all kinds of tests to find out why I'm tired. And at the end of that year, I uh, was getting my colonoscopy done and was dealing with my liver doctor. And at that point, we decided to go on with an MRI to give me a baseline. And the results of that ended up being that I had stage four NASH cirrhosis. And that's really, really where you know that you have the liver disease. The term NASH he mentioned that's the more severe form of fatty liver, non-alcoholic steatohepatitis. It can form as a result of this condition progressing. Dr. Halegua DiMarzio explains. That's what we're afraid of and trying to prevent. So patients with fat in the liver, the fat doesn't just sit there. It causes the liver to become inflamed and it causes the liver to swell. Once that cascade gets set off, the liver starts to lay down scar tissue. Almost like when you get a cut and you're trying to heal with a scab, the liver does the same thing where the scar tissue mm -hmm. begins to develop in the liver. And this is what will lead to cirrhosis in the future. People with diabetes are at increased risk of having the NASH, as we call it, mm -hmm. and developing cirrhosis. We often call fatty liver diabetes in the liver. So even if you don't have diabetes yet, seeing a fatty liver, having fatty liver can mean that you're at risk of developing diabetes in the future. It's really key to the disease. And specifically for diabetic patients, they should talk to their doctor about screening. 
Diabetes did become a part of Carl's story, being diagnosed as type 2 diabetic in 2019. My diet did change, exercise did change. It didn't happen all overnight. You know, I just didn't turn a switch and everything changed. It did take some time and the lifestyle did change. My wife and I don't go out to eat as much as we used to. We're very cautious of what we eat and drink as well. That has seemed to help. They're all the right things to do, according to Dr. Halegua DiMarzio. The most important thing you can do is change your lifestyle. This is a disease that's caused by metabolic imbalance in our bodies. So if you can correct that imbalance by increasing your exercise, and the recommendation would be about 30 minutes a day, or even walking for 30 minutes a day can make huge uh, impact on the liver. There's been studies that have shown that just with exercise alone, you can reverse fatty liver, even without weight mm. loss. People often get hung up. Should I be doing aerobic exercise? Should I be lifting weights? Probably a combination of both. Aerobic exercise is really good for the metabolism, but we need resistance training, like lifting weight. That allows our body to use up that extra sugar in our blood and allow our muscles to use that for fuel so that it doesn't end up getting stored in the liver. But you can work on weight loss. So losing weight, even just 5 to 10% of your body weight can reduce your risk of NASH. Dr. Halego DiMarzio said that research has shown fatty liver disease can run in families and that having a family member who has developed cirrhosis or liver cancer from the condition can mean that other family members are at a much more increased risk of developing that as well. There are no commercially available genetic testing. We are doing that in some clinical trials. But I would say if you have a family member who's been diagnosed with this condition, you should talk to it about with your doctor and they can just do regular screening to at least see if you have the condition. The AST, ALT, those are common tests that we call liver enzymes. If your liver enzymes have been persistently elevated on your annual blood work or screening blood work, or if you've had an imaging study of your abdomen that has shown signs of fat within the liver or uh, liver scarring. She also notes it's important to make the distinction as non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Alcohol also causes liver disease. We all know that if you drink in excess, you can develop cirrhosis of the liver. But the reason we call this non-alcoholic is that this can occur with a similar disease pattern, this buildup of fat in the liver without any alcohol. It's very important that we differentiate these two diseases because one is caused by excess sugar and fat in the blood, and another is caused from the toxic effects of alcohol. She mentions sugar there, and interestingly enough, Fatty liver disease is a bit of a misnomer. Sugar is the real culprit. So much so that there's a drive in the medical community to actually change the name to metabolic associated liver disease because of that confusion. Many patients come to me and say, oh, I'm eating low fat, everything. And that's not what I want to hear. It's really the sugar. Cutting sugar out of your diet that's a, a definite. Sugar is very inflammatory to our bodies. The liver hates it. And when I say sugar, I'm also lumping carbohydrates there. White pasta, white bread, those get turned to sugar almost immediately in our body. And it's that sugar, again, that gets turned to triglyceride and gets stored in our liver. This isn't an invitation to consume lots of fatty foods, she says. It is beneficial to have some fat in the body as it's an important source of energy, but she warns staying away from saturated or unhealthy fats. And even if this isn't an alcohol-induced variety of the disease, it's best to avoid alcohol. 
Other things you can incorporate in your diet is coffee. Actually, there's been multiple studies that have shown that coffee is really good for the liver. There's been data that it can help prevent liver cancer, actually. Caffeinated or decaffeinated, it doesn't matter. Up to three cups a day, considered healthy. And then vitamin E, we talked about the injury that can happen to the liver in terms of inflammation and swelling. Vitamin E is a really potent antioxidant. So it's been shown to help with fatty liver. I would not recommend starting any supplements without just talking with your doctor first, but eating foods that are high in vitamin E, fruits, vegetables, nuts, those are really great to incorporate. In addition to the screening techniques she mentioned before, Jefferson now has new technologies that go beyond the basic ultrasound for detection and analyzing the progression of the disease. We have a, a special technology called elastography. This is when we send shear waves through the liver using a similar probe to an ultrasound, but depending on how fast these waves move through the liver, we can actually detect if there is any scarring or damage in the liver at this point. And that's something previously we could only do with a liver biopsy, but now with these newer imaging techniques, we can also tell if a patient is moving towards that more advanced stage without the need for a liver biopsy. So that's that's really exciting. So I would recommend any patient who has signs of fatty liver and diabetes or persistently elevated liver test that they should talk to their doctor about getting one of those types of elastography. She wants patients to know that if fatty liver disease is in your family or something you've recently been diagnosed with, there is hope. This is a condition that is reversible. I, I think that's one of the most exciting things is that you know many liver diseases are not reversible, but this one we can. The liver is an amazing organ. It's always trying to heal and regenerate. So if we can identify this disease early, we can prevent complications. Unfortunately, there are no FDA approved medicines yet for this condition. Although we're working on many and doing a lot of different clinical trials, we're very hopeful within the next two years there will be an FDA approved medication to treat this condition. Carl says he looks at taking care of his health differently now, with his number one reasons being his wife, his children, and his grandchildren. He hopes to help in finding a treatment or early detection for the disease. By sharing his story, we hope he's helped you. For more information from Dr. Halegua DiMarzio on fatty liver disease, visit thehealthnexus.org. Production support for today's episode provided by Dan Bernstein. I'm Gianna DiMedio. Thanks for listening.